two common subscriber accounting practices make it tough to compare one S1 service to another. It also makes figuring out which service is healthy or not even harder. Listen on to find out why. This is Endscreen Noise. My name is Colin Dixon, founder and chief analyst at Endscreen Media, and today is March 3rd, 2022. I want to talk to you today about something that is absolutely fundamental to our business and that you and I probably don't think about that much. And that is what paying subscribers means to the SVOD industry. Now, look, this is totally fundamental, right? We use subscriber counts and growth to compare performance. We use it as a proxy for a health, a healthy service. We even use it as a proxy for revenue generation. Uh, I mean, there should be a, a linear relationship, right? Sub fees times the number of subscribers equals revenue, something like that. But it turns out when we're comparing subscriber numbers and growth numbers that we're really not comparing apples to apples. So they may mean something slightly different depending on the service that we're talking about. And growth in subscribers at one service may not be equivalent to growth at another. So we're going to look at a couple of things. We're going to look at the impact of bundles and third party marketing, marketing relationships and explain their potential impact on subscriber numbers and the perceived health of each of the businesses. So let's look at both of them. And I, I just want to say I'm going to pick on Disney a lot today, but please understand that I'm just using them as a proxy for the industry as a whole. Uh, Disney, Disney is very clear about how it recognizes its subscribers. So it's actually very easy to get in and, and, and discuss them here. Uh, but um, a lot of people in the industry are doing sim things similar to Disney, although it's not necessarily clear if they're doing exactly the same thing. Okay, so what are bundles? Well, bundles are exactly what they say. Somebody like Disney takes their SVOD services and they put some of them in a bundle and sell them to customers at a very attractive price. And Disney is doing exactly that with its SVOD bundle of Disney Plus, Hulu Basic and ESPN Plus. It puts all of those in a bundle and sells them for $14 a month. That's actually $13.99, I should say. And I've got to tell you, this is a pretty good deal for customers. Uh, Disney uh, uh, consumer can subscribe directly to the service, to Disney Plus, of course, but they can also get it in this bundle for $13.99 a month. If a consumer were to subscribe to Disney Plus and Hulu Basic separately, it would actually cost a dollar more than the bundle does. Uh, so you save a dollar by subscribing to the bundle and you get free access to ESPN Plus, even if you don't want it. By the same token, somebody that would like ESPN Plus and Hulu, well, the bundle costs exactly the same as those two separate services and you get free access to Disney Plus. So it makes a lot of sense for people to subscribe to this bundle and Disney says that a lot of people are taking them up on that offer. It's a very good deal and in fact you even get an additional discount if you subscribe for a year. So it's a very very popular way that people are getting access. 
But the question we should be asking ourselves is, how does Disney recognize that bundle subscriber when it reports on the number of subscribers to the individual services? Because I've got to tell you, Disney does not tell us how many people are actually subscribed to the bundle. They only break down how many people are subscribed to the individual services. Well, it's pretty clear. You have to go down to the notes at the bottom in the tiny little uh, font. But here's what they say they do. Subscribers to the S4 bundle are counted as paid as a paid subscriber for each service included in the SVOD bundle. So that means that a subscriber to the Disney bundle is counted as a subscriber to Disney Plus and as a subscriber to Hulu Basic and ESPN Plus. Each of those subscriber counts are incremented by one and they are counted as a subscriber to each of those services whether or not they actually follow through and use any individual service. In other words, one subscription becomes three. So that's bundles. Let's talk about wholesale relationships. What are these? Well, this is when a company, uh, a service provider like Disney, works with a third-party company, uh, for example, Verizon. And Verizon will offer some of its service plans in wireless, for example, with Disney SVOD bundled in for no extra charge. Actually, Verizon is doing this. It has two plans, 5G Get More and 5G Play More plans that offer access to the Disney bundle. So, um, as we know, uh, what Disney does here is it's going to recognize them, each of them, as a subscriber to each of the services. It says exactly that in its financial terms. Here's what it says. Subscribers included include those who receive service through a wholesale arrangement, including those for which we receive a fee for the distribution of the service to each subscriber of an existing content distribution tier. Uh, so that's a very complicated language, but basically what it's saying there is that Disney's doing exactly the same thing here with the bundle as it does with its own, uh, with its own bundle service. Um, it's taking that one subscriber to the Verizon tier and counting it as three subscribers, one to Disney plus, one to Hulu and one to ESPN plus. Now Disney's not the only one doing this. I looked at Warner Media's financials and they said they're doing exactly the same thing with HBO Max. Here's what, here's what they say exactly. Domestic HBO Max and HBO subscribers consist of user US accounts with access to HBO Max, including wholesale subscribers that may not have signed in. They're even clearer here. And, uh, and HBO accounts. So, so there you have it. They're even, HBO is even clearer here. They're saying if they subs, if they get this through a tier of service of somebody else, we're going to count it as a sub subscriber, whether or not they use the service. And I've no doubt that Disney is doing the same thing. So those are the two ways that Disney is counting, accounting for these bundles and the wholesale relationships. So what does it do? What, what does it all mean? Well, the first thing is that you can't really equate subscribers with users. 
And uh, bear with me here, because I'm going to give you a little bit of calculations that will illustrate why I think you can't equate subscribers with users. So, as I said, Disney last year, they did pretty well with Disney+. Plus. They said they added 6.6 million subscribers in the US, or actually it was in US and Canada, in 2021. Now, in December of 2021... They gave Hulu Live subscribers access to the Disney bundle. So all 4.3 million Hulu Live subscribers get access to that ESPN Plus, Disney Plus and Hulu Basic bundle for free, included in with their, their subscription to Hulu Live. So they take that one a bundles, new bundle subscriber and count it as one subscriber to each of the services. Okay, so what about Verizon? Now, Verizon doesn't really tell us how many people are subscribed to the different plans, uh, but it does give us some hints. It said that in Q4, it, it had 6.7 million wireless postpaid customers who upgraded so they went to a higher tier of service. Now, Verizon has several tiers, but two of them include the Disney bundle. So uh, I think it's a fair bet that a good proportion of that 6.7 uh, million wireless postpaid upgrades went to one of the plans with access to the bundle. How many? Well, we don't know, but let's, let's say it's about a third. So let's say 2 million of them went to that, uh, to a plan with with a Disney bundle. Well, that means that Disney added 4.3 plus 2 million subscribers through the bundle, through the bundling with Hulu Live and the wholesale relationship with Verizon. So that's, that's over 6 million subscribers right there. And they say they added 6.7 million in the whole of 2021. So I think it's likely that Disney actually didn't add any new users to Disney Plus in 2021, because what we know is when you offer people in a bundle, uh, many of them don't even know they have it. Many of them don't really use it. And then you have the double thing with the Disney bundle where we don't know which of the bundle they're using. They may never use Disney Plus. They may just use Hulu in, in that bundle if you're a Verizon customer or none of them at all. So I can convince myself that though Disney gained 6.7 million subscribers, that they actually gained no users at all in 2021 in the US and Canada. So that's really important because what we know is engaged users, users that are using a service and are happy with it, will stick with it and continue to pay for it. What we know as well is that when you get services like this bundled in with plans, when that bundle ends, when you are asked to pay, people hit the exits. Apple, it happened to Apple TV Plus, uh, and it's happened to many services, including Quibi, Remember Quibi? It happened to Quibi as well because they did these bundle arrangements and they had most of the people hit the exits when free access went away. The other thing is you can't really equate subs at, say, Netflix 
and Disney Plus, at least not perfectly. And you can't really compare the growth in those subs either. Uh, first thing is that Netflix doesn't have bundles. There, there's no, you know, obviously Netflix is only one service and it's not in another bundle with other services. Uh, so it doesn't have this means of driving users to pick up the service that Disney does have. But it does have a wholesale relationship. It's available. Uh, the lowest tier of service is available with one tier in T-Mobile. And the, the middle tier, the HD tier, is also available to higher paying T-Mobile customers. So it does have this bundled wholesale, excuse me, this wholesale relationship Although Netflix does not say how it recognizes the subscribers that come from the T-Mobile relationship. So it's really hard now to equate Netflix and Disney subscribers and the growth in those subscribers. I'll give you a great example. Um, If we took out those 4.3 million Hulu Live subscribers that got access to the Disney bundle out of the growth numbers, we'd end up with about 2 million growth in subscribers, right, Uh, to Disney Plus, which is a lot, lot less, not not nearly as good as the 6.6 million that the Disney said that they had. Well, Netflix only grew 1.2 million in the US and Canada in 2021. So actually the growth of Netflix and Disney Plus are not that much different if you take out the 4.3 million that they added in because they because they gave Hulu Live um, access to the Disney bundle. Uh, so and that's not something that I think generally people think. Right. Disney Plus appears to be growing extremely strongly in the United States and Canada. And, and Netflix, which is a very mature product, is growing much less slowly. So what's the bottom line here? I don't want you to think that I'm saying bundles are bad. They are not bad. They are good. They're exposing a lot of people to the Disney services that may not have wanted to subscribe. They wouldn't have ordinarily subscribed, say, to ESPN or to Disney Plus, but they did want some combination of the services there. And so they get to try out the other service as well. So I think they're a good thing there. Uh, and they do provide, they do provide that additional exposure. And the wholesale relationships are also good because they drive exposure to the products and they also bring in a little bit of incremental revenue. So those both are good things. But the way we recognize the subscribers from those deals, from those approaches, fundamentally changes the way we should think about what a subscriber is to each of those services. Because we need to keep this in the back of our mind Uh, because these numbers might not mean exactly what we think they do. Now, I know this has been a bit of a a long, complicated discussion, but if you want to learn more about this, I've written a couple of pieces in the last month on this very subject. And what I'll do in the posting on my site of this podcast, I'll include links to those two posts. So why don't you come, why don't you come on over to my site and read those if you want to learn more. And while you're there, why don't you sign up to the Endscreen Media Newsletter? It's free. You can get it daily or weekly. And it'll bring uh, the news and opinion from Endscreen Media right to your inbox. This has been Colin Dixon with Endscreen Media. We'll speak to you again next time. This podcast is a production of Endscreen Media. All rights reserved.